0: Well, people are always asking us what to do, where to go, what should they do in theater. And we love theater, and we celebrate it. I always love Funny Girl, and I love it still. And every time you see a show, even if you've seen it before, it's a brand new experience. So that's how you have to come to it. Just let it take over. And that's what happened when I went to see Funny Girl. And you're going to love it. And one of the great scenes is a tap dancing scene. And Jared Grimes, who plays Eddie Ryan in Funny Girl, brings the house down. Now, I've seen Jared work before, but I'm telling you, there was something magical about that. So, Jared, congratulations on everything. So happy to have you with us today. And I'm Thank sure, you. Glad to be here. You know, eight shows is a lot, but... It's worth every exhaustion moment. (laughs) For sure. So let's start really at the beginning. You were just a kid when your mother had the good sense to teach you how to tap, right? Three years old?
1: Yeah, three years old. She was always working on dance routines uh, downstairs, and I would wake up early in the morning, and I would see her and her friends down there working on those routines. And I just slowly but surely, you know, I started to pick up some of the steps. I wanted to dance with them and, you know, I wanted to be like my mom. So tap wasn't even her, her her first love. It was actually the the one she feared the most out of all the genres. But for some reason, I latched on to that one.
0: Well, I think that and that's a great kid thing, because not only is it fun to do, but it makes noise. And
1: Oh, my God. It makes noise and it's, it's, it's loud and, you know, you can you can bang and. All day long. As soon as you wake up, even when you're asleep, you can still tap dance. <laughs>
0: now, was, <laughs> I was your... I
1: for that type of energetic,
0: you know... Right. Passion. And, Jared, was your mom a professional dancer?
1: Um, yeah, she was on and off. Um, she had a dance company in uh, Jamaica, Queens, called Sunshine Dance Company. And they used to perform and, and tour around the New York area for the most part. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, the extent of her, her professional career was you know, strapping her own dance program and teaching and teaching workshops around and preparing young and um, black kids for um, the industry. Um, and that's what her passion was. And she's a school teacher, too. So her passion was more about teaching dance right. and teaching academics.
0: And then when the family moved to North Carolina, it's funny because you moved. I knew High Point because I knew people in the furniture business and that was a big hey. deal there.
1: Mm hmm. Central so, Market, High Point. I don't know why my parents picked High Point, but um, I think at the time. I was six years old. I think their their mode of thinking was it was this new upstart town that had like a lot of potential, which today High Point is huge. Right. Um, but when we moved there, um, like in the in the in the early nineties, um, it was it was smaller. I mean, I I remember it was all forest. It was all woods. There were really not too many businesses. The city was pretty small. And then you know I look up now and it's almost the same size and had the same popularity and draw as Charlotte uh, or Raleigh, North Carolina. So it's definitely gotten bigger, and my parents were right. Um, and the dance scene was really um, big there, too, in terms of dance schools. There were a lot of dance schools, and I think that's what attracted my parents to that area because they knew I could kind of continue dancing and growing in um, in the arts.
0: Well, and you did. You became part of a company. You started touring. But how did you get, like, you toured at one point with Mariah Carey. How does something like that happen when you're so young?
1: <laughs> oh, man, I was, uh, I was in college. I was a senior in college. And, um, yeah, I, just went. I had a math class coming up. And, and uh, you know, my, my dance agent called me. And they were like, hey, Mariah Carey's doing a, um, an audition for her, uh, for her press tour. Um, the first leg of her Emancipation and Mimi tour. And they were like, uh, do you have time to run over there real quick? And I'm in between classes. I'm like, man, I, should I, you know, should I skip math today or should I should I, go to this, should I go to this audition? You know, usually when you go to auditions like that, there might be like 100, 200, you know, dancers buying for, you know, maybe five slots. Of course. In this particular case, there were maybe a little bit under 100 and they were all buying, we were all buying for one slot because uh, she had already hired dancers from L.A. Um, so they were in New York and they were looking for one more dance. And I was like, wow, so, I mean, you know, the odds of this is kind of, you know, low, but the choreographer that was um, on the project, he was the choreographer, uh, Marty Kudelka, who's Justin Timberlake's go-to choreographer. He was somebody that I just at least wanted to learn from. So I was like, you know, at the at, at the worst, you know, I could go to the audition and at least have a free class from this uh, choreographer just to get the experience. And um, I ended up, you know, I ended up getting the job and we started rehearsals literally right after the audition. So I couldn't even make it to math class, so I called my teacher and I told I told them why. And they were like, oh, yeah, by all means, yeah, that's, you know, at this point in time, that's that's way better than these complex equations. So, uh, so... Um, And so I found myself on tour with, with, with one of the legends in pop music.
0: Without question, I'm talking to Jared Grinds, and Jared does it all. He sings, he dances, he acts. He's a great choreographer. He's one of the stars of Funny Girl. And if you've just joined us, we were talking about how – it was almost a fluke. He auditioned for Mariah Carey, and as you know, anything about theater and showbiz, everyone wants to do that if they dance or sing. And yet, you got it. So, what happened when you came back after that tour?
1: Uh, you know what? I just had a new, had a new, um, a new perspective and outlook on you know what the business was. Um, being a backup dancer, um, that was my first. That was my first backup dancing job, actually. Uh, so I was just like, wow, like, you know, I got to see how Mariah Carey operated in rehearsals. I got to see how, you know, the band operated on chore and how her backup singers operated on chore. And that was like my really, really, that was my first um, close-up glimpse to show business in terms of on a professional level. Um, and I was just, I remember thinking, man, if I could, you know, if I could be the leader of my own universe and that right, kind of like, you know, Mariah Carey, maybe more in a Gregory Hines type of way or in a Sammy Davis Jr. kind of way, you know, that would be, that would be awesome because I just, the rush that I got from just being on stage and I wasn't even the, the focal point, you know, I was just like, oh man, that's the, that's the kind of rush that I live for. And it's a different type of rush. Like, you know, I've, I've been performing my entire life, but you know, to be on, you know, MTV and, Perform on BET and uh, you know to perform on Good Morning America and stuff like that. That was a different type of commercial aesthetic than what I was used to. You know, everything else is you know up until that point was a little bit or you know regional theater or you know uh, you know small kind of commercials. You know, the building blocks to becoming you know building your career and that was kind of like the pinnacle at that point. In my life. I was just like, oh man, I I want this. Like I want stuff like this. I want I want to be able to reach the masses and the way that Mariah Carey reached the masses um, when we were on tour. And, you know, although it's Mariah Carey, and that's a, that's a high bar to, to, to jump to so soon, you know, in my career, but I just, I instantly jumped. never forgot what that felt like. And I wanted it. So I just kind of worked hard towards, you know, that standard, um, you know, of, of entertainment in my own way. And um, that's when doors started opening. And I started back up dancing for more, for more artists after that. Um, I think I, right after that, I was, Dancing with Buster Rhymes, Salt and Pepper, uh, the artist Common—you um, know—everything kind of broke open for me um, in terms of backup dancing, and I got to see how all these artists operated. And I was just like, "Yeah, like I get it, I understand." From seeing them, you know, from being backstage with Usher, and you know, being in a room with Justin Timberlake and having a conversation yeah, with you know guys like John Legend and you know Justin, oh my gosh, it's big you know, and time. Usher to a certain degree. I was just like, "Man, I was like, I want to be like." I want to be like them, you know, for my, my generation, but in a famous junior apprentice there, you know, Gregory Hines kind of way. So I just, I really, those moments were important for me uh, early on because I I felt like I was supposed to be in that room with those guys.
0: And it happened. I'm talking to Jared Grimes who plays Eddie Ryan in Funny Girl. And we're going to let you hear much more because here you, you get a big break. You go on tour, you start meeting, the major players. So at what point, you know, obviously it's a tough business to make a living in. And I know you did a lot of work. You were tapping away in the subways in New York. Was that after the tour? How, when did that part start happening?
1: Uh, before I got to college. So um, I, was, I was still in high school uh, in the, the late, well, not the late, like the late nineties, I would say like 99, maybe 98. And, um, and, uh, I would come back and forth, you know, to New York to just study take classes with uh, the choreographer of my tap moment and, uh, funny girl, I would drive back and forth to take classes with teachers like her. She was one of my first mentors mm. and I made friends from doing that. And the friends that I, that I made, they just happened to, to, you know, I'm in the subways, um, just for, you know, just for money and just for just the, the sheer love of the class and just the closeness that it brings you to, you know, a New York audience. Um, and so, you know, when I was in high school, I used to drive up, take classes, and then in between classes and on downtime, I used to go with the go with the guys and go onto the subway and, 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 and perform. And perform. Um, our, our favorite, yeah, I would tap. I mean, they would have their buckets and they would be bucket drumming and I would pull out a board and me and, you know, the likes of Dewey Fleming and uh, another great tap dancer. Um, tap dancer friends of ours we go out there and we perform for hours on end, just because we just we enjoyed it and we were pushing the craft and we were growing we were evolving in the art form and then when I got here college you know throughout the 2000s I think um I, I performed all the way from you know 2001 all the way to like maybe 2003 wow. and you made um, money in the subways yeah mainly. I mean that wasn't even the main goal the main goal was to to really just uh, push yourself. Exactly. I mean there's something about, you know, performing in a subway or performing on a sidewalk for New York that is it's an experience, you know, that relates to no other in my entire life. Um, it's just so raw. It's so it's, it's a render completely to, you know, the the energy of New York City, the people right at you. Unlike being on a stage because they're a little bit further away from you, but they're like they form a circle right around you and they just they connect to you in a a different way, and um, it was the best training ground for me to prepare for the stage. Because if you're used to trying to catch someone's attention in New York City with a pair of class shoes as they're walking by, typically late for an appointment already, and if you can get that person to stop and take you in a little bit, then you know that's an amazing, you know, <laughs> that's an amazing accomplishment. No, without York, question, most people don't have time for you, so that's what that was all about. The stamina. It was the It was the passion. It was the, it was the, the urge to really um, really get people to want to connect with you, relate with you, uh, love with you. Um, All the things that human beings can can be with one another, that's the most positive aspects about them. If you could get somebody to, to share that with you in that moment that you're on that board, you know, on the sidewalk or in the subway, that's, that's, That's what it was all about. Sometimes you close your eyes and you open them and there's, you know, over a hundred people there. And sometimes you close your eyes and open them and there's just one, you know, little girl standing there, you know, dancing, dancing with you. And that's what it's all about, you know.
0: But you also had this incredible ambition and burning. And even when there were moments of disappointment, you, you didn't give up. And there, you know, I have actors in the family and people in that industry and so many of their friends would say, if I don't get it by the time I'm 30 or 35, I'm done. You know, how much longer can I do this? But you can't really think like that, right? Because no. especially in your area, too, where there are so many dancers and so many people who want what you want.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. Is uh, I mean, you know, everybody has a plan B and a plan C for certain things like that. Um, I had always told myself that, um, you know, once I really matured in the art form, and there's no way you can ever fully mature in in in, in music. Your music is infinite. Um, but I think when I really started to to gain my bearings and understand just what type of instrument I was working with,
0: uh-huh.
1: I think that's when a lot of things changed for me. I told myself, I was like, look, you know, if I don't achieve the the goals that I'm supposed that I that I want to achieve, then that really doesn't matter. I think first and foremost, what I really made my mission statement as I started to gain my bearings in the in the art form and all the things that I was passionate about. And I was like, you know, it should be about something bigger. It should be about giving. You know, it shouldn't be about what I want. It should be about, you know, giving, giving people the history of uh, a lot of Black performers that came before me that sacrificed a lot in order for me to even have conversations like this right now, who paved the way for me to even be, you know, nominated or to be on a Broadway stage or to even dance with Mariah Carey. I was like, it should be about them. I want to give people a Piece of their legacy, of their, of their spirit, of, of their fight, their struggle. And I completely removed myself from the equation at that point. And, uh, you know, I made it about giving, you know, giving the history, giving the, the knowledge, giving, you know, life to those performers who a lot of people um, may not know about and a lot of history mm-hmm. books did not, you know, write about. Um, it, it was all about giving. And I, I made that my mission statement. And, um, it's funny because as soon as I changed my mindset to that, that's when a lot more doors started, even started to open up, and I was just like wow if i if i would have you know if I would have known that a little bit earlier, uh, not that it's some trick to getting doors open, but you know you know I just I made it about something bigger than you know how hard I work or or bigger than being the best you know triple threat performer ever or, you know bigger than you know, trying to be like my idols. I, I just made it about, you know, preserving the legacy. Um, and, uh, you know, that's when, you know, the door started opening up for me. And that's when, you know, there was no time mark on anything that I did. You know, I could, I was satisfied if I just made my mission statement back till the day I was no more. You know, there, there was no time scale at that point. I, I was just, I was content and I was happy. With, you were going to uh, do it. With really making things about them.
0: But so where did Funny Girl come in? Now, you, you've been working now, and, you know, people know you, and you're doing more and more. But did you read about it, hear about it? Did your agent call yeah. you and say, hey, there's a good role in this for you? Um,
1: at the time, I was, uh, I was filming uh, Manifest on Netflix for uh-huh. uh, our fourth season. So uh, every, everything was kind of focused in on, on that job um, at hand. And um, you know, I you know I get auditions and, and self tapes and stuff like that, you know, intermittently throughout the weeks and stuff like that. And um, you know, my agents had shown me you know, Plenty Girl, and I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I know the you know, I know the movie to a certain extent. I know the characters. I know the story. And you know, I, you know, usually when something comes across my my desk, since I've been doing so much choreography. I was like, oh, is this you know for choreography, or, um, or is it they a, were like, a, no, it's <laughs> they were like, it's for um, an actor, it's for an actor that plays the choreographer in the show, and that's when I was like, oh, come on, and I was like, that's that's actually you know even more perfect because um, I love to you know be that dual threat type of performer, which uh, you know I'm working behind the table on some projects choreographing, or you know dabbling in directing and then also performing. Like I always want to be want to be that person that's a jack of all trades when it comes to. When, everything behind the table and in front of the table or behind the camera and in front of the camera. And um, I was like, okay, Eddie Ryan. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I'm pretty sure in the, the version that I remember Eddie Ryan was not black. And they were like, yeah, they're, they're open to different ethnicities. For and I was like, oh man, this could be a great opportunity for, you know, the mission statement that I just spoke about previously. And I was like, it's, you know, early 1800s, a guy that's playing a that's a, a best friend and ride or die to a uh, a young Jewish uh, rising star. I was like, this is, this is an amazing story and there's a lot of layers that I could bring to this character that, you know, you know, may have never been done before. Right. And, and, um, and they, they made it the it character. I mean, comedy.
0: The character became more important. Harvey firestone you know, rewrote it and put a lot into it. So there was yeah, a he juicy part. He told part. me I was a real
1: person. Yeah, yeah, he told me I was a real person. that's when, that's when my heart we opened up and I realized that, you know, we were all on the same page in terms of, you know, exactly what Eddie would mean to the universe of, of our version of Funny Girl. And, uh, you know, sadly, I think in the original, um, the part was a smaller part. Um, and this time, you know, we, we were in the room I was trying things and I was talking about all the things that I was just talking about my mission statement and, you know, immersing myself in James Robinson and, John Bubbles and Bill Bailey and baby Lawrence and the Nicholas brothers and you know, all those oh, great performers damn. that I watched growing up. And I was, you know, I was crafting Eddie, you know, spirit of those guys. And, you know, every day was, you know, was a challenge in terms of how to bring that to the story without compromising the, you know, the arc of the entire story. And, um, you know, one day when I really felt good about some of the choices that I made, Harvey pulled me to the side and he was like, that's it. He was like, Eddie is a real person. And as soon as he said that, you know, you know, they started adding some more lines and stuff like that and arcing him out just a little bit more in the second half and in the, the first half, actually. And um, we found, you know, our version of Eddie, the, the, the African-American Eddie. Um, I'm super proud of the way I pay homage on stage every night to, like I said, all those who paved the way.
0: Now, it's exciting. Was your family there for opening night? They were not.
1: Uh, my mom has come my parents aren't really big on opening nights. They like to come when, you know when it's you know, when the show is well oiled and everything. Even though by the time you get to an opening night it is, but you know, my parents they always sneak in and they kinda of surprise me and they pull that, Hey, I'm in I'm in town, let me come see the show and I'm like, Oh for sure. So my mom came over Mother's Day and she saw the original. Yeah. And she was just super excited. She had no idea that, you know, the Eddie character would would kind of um be so you know, big. <laughs> hit audiences in the, in, in the way that, um you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to do with our version of the show. And she thought it was it was really you know, respectful and dignified and she, it made her proud. Um, and, uh you know, on Mother's Day, that was one of the, the biggest gifts I could give great. her.
0: It sounds great. And when she saw her kid, you, do that solo tap routine, she thought it was really worth pushing that three-year-old to learn to <laughs> dance.
1: Oh, yeah, so, I mean, this is this is joy. She sees that smile. She's seen that smile since day one, so she knows. She knows when. That, um, you got knows When I get in the time machine and I go back and I just, you know, uh, I just bask in the joy of, of all those performers that came before me.
0: Well, you do a great job. We love seeing you and the whole cast. Funny girl, and take yourself over. Go get a ticket. It's gonna make you feel happy. We have a crazy world. And it's just amazing to be able to sit in the theater and let magic occur and take your mind off all the bad things and just celebrate all the good things. Congratulations, Jared. I look forward to your continued success, and we'll talk again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me today. Anytime. I'm Joan Hamburg with Jared Grimes as Eddie Ryan in Funny Girl and much more ahead here on WABC.